Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, welcome, everyone. I feel like Monday podcast recording has come around a little bit too quick oh and I'm God. not quite sure I'm ready. <laughs> like, totally. I just... Full, full confession time. <laughs> I agree. I feel like I've just been running for the bus and I got on the bus and you're like, when you're like just a, just a hot mess and you're sweaty and you don't yeah. even know where to sit and you forget to pay your fare because all you just focused on was just screaming just up to the making it yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. making it yeah. yeah but not having your shit together that's definitely what this feels like today <laughs> just felt like I made the bus just made the bus just made the bus yeah. yes yes yeah. So now we're on the bus so I don't even know where don't we're know going what to do <laughs> I know well we'll see right like we always all do all is good all it's is gonna good. be fine it's going I'm confident okay. you know what yeah. I think that's what September has been like although it's now October oh my god Yes, I know. Oh my God. Anyways, okay, never mind. Time is marching on by. It's crazy. Somebody was like, So, what are your Thanksgiving plans? I was like, That far into the future? What What are we talking about? And they were like, It's two weeks from now. I'm like, What? What? You are full of shit. But no, they're not. It's crazy. It's crazy. And for all those people bringing out their pumpkins, I'm like, Put them away. I thought, anyways, whatever. It's, oh, yeah, there's it's a fine. lot of pumpkin paraphernalia in the shops. Pumpkin paraphernalia. Yeah. 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 So I was out in my paddleboard yesterday doing my customary, some 15, 16 miles around the Toronto Islands and so forth. And it you was so good. Mm, I know. It was, it was quite lovely. The thing is, is I headed out super early in the morning. We have a little bit of the periphery of the hurricane situation mm. that's going on in Eastern Canada. I'm not going to say that we have hurricane weather, but it's a bit kind of sort of in the periphery. It's it's hurricane adjacent. So I had like a couple of hours window to get some pretty okay winds. And I went, it was pissing rain. Like the entire time was just like monsoon rain. But if you're on a paddleboard, it's, it's okay for it to be raining. It's just, and the winds were thankfully quite quiet. And it was like rock and roll. It was like the, like a lake rodeo. So there were beautiful, gentle, but like big waves. It, and it was just, it was a gorgeous, but like insanely wet paddle, <laughs> um, which that would not be me in a million years. <laughs> oh yeah. No. And it wasn't anybody else. I was alone. Like there was no, there was no boat traffic. I'm not surprised. Yeah, there was nobody bonkers. else out. I know. I know. I don't know why. Mad as a box of frogs. Usually I run into at least one mansplaining boat who either tries to mm. come up right beside me and, and save me or check if I'm okay or so forth, which is very nice. But usually their wake will actually push mm. me off and make me fall in. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> mansplaining, we know it. Anyways, it's all is well over here. How are things oh, over well, on your side? I'm glad to hear it. Um, I think I'm welcome in winter and I've decided now that it's it's I've switched over to proper winter recipes. Oh, So I made a gorgeous beef casserole yesterday oh. and... Today I made a lovely um, roast garlic and roast butternut squash soup. Oh gosh. That's... So I'm embracing winter <gasps> food. Oh my gosh. I think I'm just kind of like, I'm like a hamster. I think I'm storing up. I feel like I need to lay down some fat ready for the winter. <laughs> right on. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Oh. Uh, and funny enough here, I'm still like doing Greek salads. I'm still like, oh no, it's summertime, everybody. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm switching, switch I'm switching. 
Uh, I'm going to switch gears. I went to Valley Village and I bought some sweaters. My my four sweaters for this coming winter. Yeah. Ready. Good ready. Times. Yeah. Winter ready. Winter ready. All oh. right, Miss uh, Miss Warm Muffin, what is going on at the Relationship Desk of Love? Okay. So we like a bit of research on the, on the Relationship Desk Indeed of Love. Indeed we do. And um, so what have I got for you today? Today, I am sharing with you the reason why we stay in unhappy relationships. Oh, yep. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was a bit surprised, actually. It's a lengthy article, so I won't go into kind of all of it. But, you know, to summarize, the reason that we stay in um, unhappy, unhealthy relationships is, is not anything to do with us. It's actually to do with our concern for our partner. Okay. And if your partner is more dependent on you, you are more likely to stay in an unhealthy, unhappy relationship. Oh my God, yes. Oh yes, okay, yep. Mm -hmm. I was quite surprised because I didn't think that would be the primary reason. No, actually, that's really, that's really hitting on all cylinders. So I think it just, I don't know, it came as a bit of a shock to me that that was kind of the, the reason. So it says here at the very end, the researchers concluded that indeed we do tend to stay in romantic relationships that are not particularly fulfilling, not for ourselves, but for our partners. We found that our effects were not moderated by feelings of being appreciated, suggesting that even people who felt less appreciated and relatively more taken for granted by their partners still took their partner's feelings into account um, when they were making a decision about whether to stay or leave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it, really? Like, oh my, yes. I kind of get it on one level because we are very good at putting other people first and not considering our own needs or considering the impact that it has on us. We're not that great at boundaries. We talk about that quite a bit on the podcast. So I guess on that level, I can understand it. Um, but yeah, I'm still shocked that that's the kind of primary primary reason. Yeah, no, actually, that's really ringing true. I don't know if it's altogether altruistic, though, because I think where it comes from is this terror of feeling guilty that mm. if I leave, that I'm going to be abandoning them, that they're going to be worse off, that they're going to be terribly depressed. They mm. may do something silly. They might do themselves in. Um, I might get blamed. Like, look at you. You abandoned them. Now they went down the wrong path because, mm. you know, you're such a terrible person. You should have you know, till death to us part, you should have just stuck in there. I, I really think because the vast majority of people who instigate divorces now are women, 70% mm. of women in heterosexual yep. relationships will instigate divorce. And a big part of that can be because their needs are not being met, their partner is not stepping up. Yeah. Um, if you are a person who says, look, I want more from my life, I want more ambition, I want more passion, mm. I want this. It's sometimes that you're leaving somebody who's not altogether in a great state of being, but yet they won't kind of look after themselves and they won't take care of themselves. They won't do the necessary work. And so the woman is often leaving, but she mm. feels terrible because she's like, I'm abandoning them. I'm going to be blamed. I'm going to be guilty. I think this runs really deep. Mm. And so to that fear, right? The fear of, I don't want to abandon them. How would you coach around that? Somebody who's like the biggest fear is that, you know, that they'll be worse off if I leave. And so I'll stay. Uh, how would you coach around that? It's about looking at the cost though, isn't it? What's the cost to you for doing that? And what do you gain by putting somebody else's needs 100% before your own? 
And if you've tried and if you've worked at the relationship and you're still not getting what you want and it's making you unhappy, how long are you prepared to sit in that? Hmm. And what happens when you reach that tipping point and you just get really pissed off by it? Yeah. And then what's worse? Is it worse to have that outcome or is it worse to have something that's quite measured and considered and you're going through a thoughtful process of of where you want to be and how you want to get there? And can you ever save anybody? Hmm? We can't. And we're not responsible for other people. We're not responsible for, we can influence, we can encourage, we can, you know, coach, nurture, all of those things. We can support but at the end of the day, we've all got to take individual responsibility for who we are. Oh, yeah. That's how it works, oh, folks. That's it. Damn. That <laughs> punched me in the gut. That's quite a way to start Whatever a podcast. Whatever you might think. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you find yourself staying in a relationship because you are trying to look out for the other person, you're like, mm. you're done, but you're just trying to look out for the other person. Oh, that's a time to be coached for sure. There's also like a bit of ego at play there, isn't there? Because if I think that person can't survive without me in their life, like, what am I saying about myself? Like, Oh, gosh, that's true. You're right. You know, am I, am yeah. I like God's gift? Therefore, I'm the only person that can make that person happy. And clearly, I'm not making them happy right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> so true. there is a bit of ego in the mix oh 100 and it's funny i was just having a conversation with somebody it's funny to talk to people after they've been divorced like some years because then mm. they have perspective that they didn't have somebody who came through a divorce like when they were initially leaving their partner there was great resistance oh my gosh yeah. but we're so perfect and there was a, mm. a fear that oh they're going to be so worse off but over the course of like a year or two that person like started working out, became a vegan, is now dating somebody half their age. And she looks back and she's like, yeah, he's fine. (laughs) But all the, you know, like all the drama around that was like, oh my gosh, it'll be so terrible. Oh my gosh, you're the only thing for me. You know, really, yeah, they're going to be fine. There isn't just one person for for like all of us, you know, we're not destined to have that one single person and we never meet them, we're never going to be happy. That's not how it works. You're you're capable of creating love and a relationship and affection with kind of anybody if you put your mind to it you know so it's just about finding the you know finding the right person for you at the right time um but none of us are kind of exclusive and we're the single person totally to any to anybody yeah so so true is that when we make the decision to commit we become the person for whom that commitment and that relationship is a true reality Mm. Yeah, yeah very true Oh my gosh. So, there you oh go. my gosh, where are we going on this podcast? We've just started <laughs> off like, woo, we're off the Right at the gate. Oh yeah. So, shall we uh, hop to a hot topic? Yeah. Yep, let's do it. Today's hot topic. When to seek help in your relationship. This is a trick question. All the time? Like at the very beginning? (laughs) Never stop? Uh, Never stop. I think, so there's, you know, I think we've talked about like second Mm. marriages or second big relationships saying Mm. that um, we don't find somebody better. We just, for, for those of us who do the work, we enter our subsequent relationship with more lessons, introspection about our responsibility and role in things. Yeah. We go into a a marriage as better people if it's a remarriage. 
if 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 we are to come out of that and be like, look, it's so much, our our second marriage is so much better. If the, if that is the case, it's because we've changed, we've come in better. But if you've laid the groundwork, yeah, yeah. But you know what's funny is I think that a lot of folks will actually say, my next time I'm going to start therapy like immediately with mm. my partner, couples, couples coaching, couples therapy right off the jump to yeah. to start to kind of get that, um, you know, to get those communication patterns. Mm. Yeah, we've talked before, haven't we, how kind of the younger generation are a bit more savvy and with it around kind of therapy and um, coaching and support and counselling. They're more inclined, I think, to reach out and to ask for help and to get some support. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you've potentially still got in that kind of older um, age back of people who, who maybe don't and resist it. I think you can often get one partner that's really resistant Mm-hmm. And the other partner, that's like totally for it. And for the other person, it's like, I never want to talk about my problems mm-hmm. with you, let alone a stranger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there's lots of things in the mix there, isn't there, about people being prepared to ask for help, to mm-hmm. acknowledge that they need help. There's a real fear as well. It's what what does it say about me if I can't sort my own problems out? Mm-hmm. So there's that kind of... Um, judgment that comes in we're judging ourselves but we also think other people are going to judge us yeah yeah no it's this real thing or um, expectation that we can um, solve our own problems which is kind of like me performing surgery on myself like I kind of have to ask for help (laughs) Um, (laughs) I reckon you'd give it a go though Oh, I've done some pretty stupid stuff. I reckon you'd be like, I would. yeah, I'm pretty sure I can take my own appendix out. Yeah, I, I would probably be like, do I have to? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I definitely, like, I had a, an infected cat bite, which, um, anyways, I ended up treating myself. And midway through, I was like, because it was not looking like it was turning a corner. And I was like, I am the stupidest person in the world. Why do I keep treating myself? But then it turned around and the treatment worked. And I was like, see, that's why I treat myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I, I think mm. the thing is, is that there's a lot of things that we could do ourselves, mm. but it is kind of like doing a minor procedure. Like I could actually pr- probably put some stitches in myself. I could, do I want to do that? No, mm. I probably would want to outsource. And same with we can kind of be these little islands in our relationship and just mm. sort of do it. The two of us is the outcome as good as, as if you outsource and bring somebody else in. No. So, yeah. you know, it's our choice. Do we do we want to drop our ego and start to think about ourselves as like being better for the community of people around mm. us who help us yeah. through many, I think there's been old sages in, in villages for the, time that humans have walked the planet who have helped Mm. us in our relationships before we used to be in communities and and we would reach out to the old village sage or the old wise person who would you know give us advice and help us through these really tough times yeah go and see the elders the elders feel like we all need some elders in our life oh we need some (laughs) elders yeah yeah so yeah what is your approach here yeah i think just kind of touching on that point as well though I do feel like we're less connected in some ways and we're not as you know we don't always live close to family or have that kind of supportive next generation of people to really help us or give us advice I think in some ways we can confide a lot in maybe people who are peers and own age and maybe they haven't got that much more experience than we have so I think it can be difficult I think the other thing to remember is that um when you're 
using friends and family, they are always going to have an alternative agenda. Mm. And whether that is known to them or not, so whether that's a conscious or subconscious agenda, there will be something there. And they'll have their own views and feelings. And if they've never liked your partner, then, I mean, this is a great opportunity for them to say, no, he's a waste of space or she's, Mm. you know, no good for you. You know, you need to move on. So I think there's that opportunity for them to maybe, you know, settle settle some of their own scores. Mm. Um, So we've got to be really careful, I think, when we confide in others as to what advice we we take on board and what we accept and what we don't. And we need to try and get a rounded, balanced um, viewpoint that we can try and make our own decisions from. I think some of the problems when we seek advice um, and counsel from, from friends and relatives is we then kind of take on board their suggestions, but it's not actually what's right for us. Mm. And that can be really, really difficult. And that's the great thing about um, coaching is it's totally objective. Like I'm not invested whether you stay together or you don't. I'm not invested as to mm. kind of what your path is. What I am invested in is helping you to find out what that, what that looks like and talk about some of the challenges that you have in getting there and how can we deal with some of those? What strategies can we put in place? What you know, how can we use the power of reflection to really go back and and understand things with a different lens, a different viewpoint? Hmm. That's what I'd be interested in. Your friends, family, less so. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Oh gosh, that's so true. And you can extend the drama, can't you? It's like the drama <laughs> bomb kind of just goes off. Um, oh, and then we can't see clearly, we can't see the wood for the trees because we don't know what we believe to be real and, and not real. We're just we're in this chain reaction. Oh, so true. And you mentioned like sometimes scores are settled. You know, Mm. we receive advice that is really somebody else putting their own stuff. I've um, worked with folks where um, their family members switch all the time. So at one time they're like, yeah, "Yeah, you should get out. (laughs) And then, and then those same family members who are very fear driven. So then they, Mm. in other conversations, they allow their fear of being alone to guide them. So they're like, oh no, give them another chance, whatever. It gets super confusing when the same family member starts waffling back on the other side of the fence. Mm. Yeah. Maybe because they want to say something that that you want, that they think that you want them to hear or whatnot. Yeah. But the other thing is we have like transference that goes on. So I take Mm. my problems and I transfer them into your relationship by Mm. telling you what Mm. you should do. But really, I'm actually giving myself some advice. So if Mm. my relationship's very flip-floppy, then probably my advice back to you is going to be quite flip-floppy as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh gosh, that's so true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely nice to bring somebody who's a third, a, a dispassionate third party who's used to working with people. I think trust issues are always really hard. You know, mm. well, how is this person going to really sort of know what we are? We're so unique. We're so like nobody's ever faced these kinds of problems before. I can assure you that there's by and large some general themes that, do not surprise us. Uh, mm. If you think that you're like, oh my gosh, this is so unique. You've never worked with this. We can't trust anybody because this is just so unusual. Chances are it's actually not so unusual. It's yeah. worth having at least one conversation to see, you know, with a professional, you know, mm. and you might yeah. be surprised like, yeah, they actually get it. And they work with people a lot around this seemingly because Instagram does not talk about problems so a lot of the problems that are actually really commonplace in relationships we don't know about because we don't hear about them commonly Mm. but professionals have heard almost everything yeah yeah it's true I think the other common fear is um is about having to go all the way back through my childhood and dredge Mm. up loads of things that 
maybe I've put to bed and I don't really want to explore and Mm -hmm. I don't really want to dig that deep. So I think that can be another fear that stops Mm. people from getting support. Mm -hmm. Um, But you only have to share what you want to share and it's about, you know, the results will be, um, you know, maybe slightly altered if if there are things that you genuinely aren't kind of sharing that are still an issue. If there are a lot of things that you've already kind of put to bed and you've moved on from, um, then it can have less impact in your current relationship. Mm-hmm. So it is about being, you know, remembering that whoever you're going to work with, they're going to work with you at your pace. You're the one that's in control of that relationship at all times. Mm-hmm. I think we forget that we're in control and we have choices, we have options. And if we're not enjoying something, we can always say, no, I want to stop this process. Gosh, you're so right. You are so right. That will also, so there's, Therapists, coaches, counselors, everybody works with a different style. And it is, you are definitely allowed to say, you know what, while yes, that there might be parts of that that play in, you you are absolutely allowed to guide your work towards a a future driven focus, like a a Mm. here and now and present and and sort of forward thinking. Um, I commonly work with folks and even in the middle, they might be like, you know, I want to shift the focus to something that is, you know, in live time, in a coaching engagement, if we've gone down a certain road, my clients will actually direct me to be, and and again, that's every session. Every session we work with a client is, what do you want to work on today? Where do you want to focus our work? So you're always in, and I think that's where coaching is a little bit um, uh, unique, is that you're always in choice. Every single session is your blank canvas to put paint on. Mm. Yeah. I think the other thing is too, is something to look for when you're hiring a professional. Uh, It should be a standard of care to, you know, couples will always seek care a little bit later than they could have actually used the help. So Mm. they often have very little gas in the tank. They're very frustrated, resentful, angry, lots is built up. So it's always good practice right off the jump to just offer a little bit of hope. So if it's like working on some of the lower hanging fruit to start to see some early wins, Mm. So it's reasonable to ask to, you know, with a therapist or a counselor or a coach to say, is there something that we could be working on that gives us a little bit of hope early on? Yes, the mountain may be massive, but could we Mm. have a little bit of like an early summit to sort of enjoy a little bit of success with each other? Yeah, yeah. Totally reasonable to ask. It's so true, though, that people leave it till the last minute to get to seek help. And I think this is part of the problem. And I guess part of why we wanted to do this podcast is because we want to help people early doors we don't want people to be Mm -hmm. sat there for years and years in relationships that are just not fulfilling and and not meeting their needs and making them unhappy Mm. um because I just I can't think of anything worse than that but people really really struggle to face some of those challenges head on I heard something recently about um so there was a there's a couple who were going through um some problems and we're now in 2022 and the partner admitted that in 2014, 2014, oh yeah. they started to, their feelings started oh. to change for their partner. Oh. Like, it just wrecks my head, right? Oh, that yeah. we're still in that situation where, you know, we can wait eight years. Like, and I know the stats are the average person waits six years before they actually do anything. Mm-hmm. And by which point they've kind of, they believe that there isn't anything else possible, that the next step that they take is the divorce courts. Yeah. And that still breaks my heart that we can be in that position. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that it's really, really difficult to speak up and to say, I've got a problem or I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. That 
it takes so much courage to actually turn around and say this relationship isn't working for me Mm -hmm. and if we go back to the kind of relationship news it is because we don't want to disrupt somebody else's life we feel like we're responsible for the other person fully and and we're kind of you get yourself so embedded and entangled in how your relationship is and Mm -hmm. often there's financial things at stake as well children Mm. maybe elderly relatives you know there's all kinds of things we've got to consider so I totally understand it but to wait eight years and do absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. is only going to end in disaster absolutely well not disaster but um a a marriage that ends I mean if we believe there's nothing good or bad yeah so I'm not what I'm saying disaster wise is because You've missed out on all that opportunity to actually explore whether something else was possible. To salvage that relationship, absolutely. And often, you don't end on a good note by the time you've sat there for eight years in your little kind of pit of despair. Yeah, so, so you know, it's not going to end well. And that's often yeah. when it gets kind of really, you know, nasty and bitter at the end. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying disaster. I'm not saying the end of a relationship because not all relationships are meant to be forever. We know that. Mm-hmm. We can tell that. Um, and as we say, we grow and develop as people along the way. And if we're not growing and developing at the same time, then, you know, chances are we'll, we'll come to a conclusion that it's not right to stay. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't believe that it's kind of, you know, good or bad, right or wrong, or whatever to end the relationship. But I think it is to not stand up and say, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I think it is to wait kind of six years, eight years, four years, however long it is. Mm-hmm before I put my hand up and and actually take ownership of my own feelings and the impact that's having on me and my partner yeah you've got it anyway soapbox moment over oh, I love it I love it yes very yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you've got it yeah but this is why we do what we do right because we just like it's so I totally get it I get why people are absolutely terrified to kind of raise the hand but then that is the time to get some help get some support with that you know, you raise a good point that I actually, um, if you acknowledge that, yeah, we're we're finally reaching out for help, but I'm actually, my foot is out the door and I'm actually not in it anymore. There is a secondary outcome that could make success and make it worth your while speaking to a professional, which is to part ways on good terms. Oh, because yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing when you part ways unnecessarily on, on mm. acrimonious terms. Now that if there was abuse and, and manipulation, there is no other way. It's, it's mm. going to be like a horrible uh, dynamic. Yeah. But if there's two people who were just trying their best and just couldn't make a go out of it, or yeah. perhaps the timing just you know the intervention didn't come earlier enough it's fine but to be able to part ways on good terms means that you're more likely to then leave the relationships owning what you were responsible for and not going into a second relationship saying oh well that guy was an asshole and now I'm just going to find a better person um there's there's more of a chance that you get to really understand Mm. what each of you owned in the breakdown of your relationship and it makes you more powerful moving forward yeah absolutely you need that awareness you need that understanding who who am I and how did I show up and also what impact did I have on you so what impact did my actions have Mm -hmm. that I maybe didn't didn't mean or intend because I need to know that because otherwise I'm going to do exactly the same thing so I had a conversation with my partner yesterday about something and he was absolutely shocked like (laughs) totally shocked that like the statement that was said and I he somebody said this statement to him um 
And I said, but that's exactly how you are. Mm. And he was like, I, I just can't believe it. That is not me. And I'm like, that is totally you. Oh, I said, it's not a bad thing, but it is totally you. Mm. So his perception of himself was way different to everybody else's. Mm. And it came as such a massive shock to him in this around this particular topic wow. anyway. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure we've all got those. Totally. And, yeah. um, and it's just a shame that, you know, often we don't get to find out what they are. So having a bit of a period of exploration with somebody who can help you do that is like such a cleansing thing to do. Totally. I often think like, wouldn't it be great to just be a watcher of your own movie? Like just watch your own, watch your own life being out because I so think you'd see yourself so differently. There'd be some things that you really, really loved and thought, oh my God, that's amazing. I didn't realize that, you know, did that or made people feel that way. And then there'll be other things that you go, fuck, <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't great in that moment. Mm-hmm. Could be so nice, wouldn't it? it? It would be because if you get into the audience and are watching your your mm-hmm. own film on a big screen, then you you become neither the hero nor the victim. Yeah, You're the protagonist, but we all watch films with a protagonist with a a, a loving balance of understanding that mm. there are strengths of this person and there there are Achilles heel, there are weaknesses, yeah. there are, there is hubris. We can't see our own hubris yeah. because we're either the hero or the victim of our own yeah. story. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, bring on the movie. Yeah, gosh, <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You got it. So I think the message is, um, get, just get help. <laughs> Whenever yeah. you feel like you need it, it might yeah. be like a one-off chat. It might be a yeah. longer engagement. It might be something that you do solo, a bit of kind of personal exploration. Um, it might be even just, I don't know, a set of questions that you share with each other and you dig a bit deeper about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So if we look if we look for things that are more research-backed or we know that they get solutions through the work that they do, we know that talking therapies and um, modalities work we know that that mm. kind of helps people so but yeah there's there's, there's lots there's a wealth of mm. of options out there and I think the message is just get it sooner rather than later sooner rather than later there's no such thing as too early but there's also no such thing as too late no because you know a professional can really help you work through a divorce yeah. Even if you haven't managed to salvage that relationship, there is, it's, it's, uh, there's no such thing as too late. And they do have success at bringing couples back together again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's not like you go and see somebody and then that's, that's it. You're doomed. You are going to separate even Correct. in a healthy way. Yeah. So there is, there is hope there. Yeah. There is that possibility to turn relationships around. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. All right. Shall we uh, take a question? Let's do it. really want a baby and my partner agrees but keeps moving the time scales saying that they're not quite ready I can't believe that this is happening especially when they know how important this is to me they're being so selfish oh gosh yeah okay okay Alrighty. all right so what is happening when both people agree in words that mm. there's a shared value but there is one, but the actions on both sides are not congruent. What's going on? 
well then they're not being honest with each other about how they're really feeling are they so and there's some there's some underlying fears and worries and concerns I think that are coming out there also when you've got this real desperate need to have a baby there's something like biological it's visceral it goes through kind of every fiber and we're exposed to children everywhere Mm. and what you find as well is that when you are so fixed on something that you want to happen so in this case having a baby Mm. you will find more and more evidence around you it's almost like the universe is kind of planting 300 babies around you (laughs) to make you want one even more um you know suddenly all your friends start getting pregnant and um we keep seeing adverts for you know pampas on tv or lovely cute baby clothes or all the lovely kind of romantic things that we Mm -hmm. represent about having a baby and a family and and we feel like that is the the single biggest thing that's missing from our lives and if only Mm. if only we could have a baby Mm. everything else would be okay (laughs) so what's the actual reality though well the reality is you're gonna have a baby (laughs) It's really, really, I mean, they're there for a long time. It's like that thing, you know, puppies not just for Christmas. Like, <laughs> those kids aren't either. <laughs> they just keep turning up. <laughs> oh my God, like that's awesome. Ev- every day you have to still feed them and yeah, keep yeah. them alive. It's yeah. a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And they're expensive, buggers. Mm-hmm. And the, even, the older they get, the more expensive they get. Like, nobody told you that. You thought the baby paraphernalia was bad enough, but yeah. wait until you hit teenagers. So or a college kid like a, who's like, yeah, tuition spoke. and is like, I don't need a job. I've got yeah. the bank of mummy. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, my problems aside, let's move <laughs> away from those. Because this isn't my therapy session yet. <laughs> we'll do that after, uh, Anna. <laughs> but you're speaking from experience. Like, that's the reality. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. you know, all joking aside, like, it is such a big commitment And I think you really do have to be ready, even, you know, aside from that kind of long term commitment, those first few months, I mean, you know, they're they're just not the easiest, Mm -hmm. let's face it. And there's sleep deprivation. You normally you've still got one partner that's trying to work. Sometimes you've got both of you have still got got to go back to work and and function and, you know, and everything's new. Like, I'm guessing this is the face first baby I'm guessing mm-hmm. um by the question but you know everything's brand new you're on this steep really steep learning curve mm. and yes people are there to give you advice and share and but you know sometimes that advice isn't always helpful mm. so that there's a real kind of testing time at the, at the beginning I would say and it, you can see couples that have a, ch- a child to fix their relationship are only you know pouring you know more salt in the wounds because it's not going to get any easier it's not going to get any better so I, I would say, you know, they real, really need to take a long look at this about what's going on. What are the fears? What is it that's holding them back? Mm-hmm. And start to be honest with each other about how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Because if we can understand how each other is feeling in this situation, we can start to get a better perspective and we can come up with a better solution together. Mm-hmm. And you, you absolutely want to be on the same team when you're having a baby. You absolutely, absolutely do. Absolutely do. I see couples two weeks postpartum and I can tell the ones for whom, you know, in heterosexual couples, if a woman has heard from her partner like, oh, he's kind of like, he was like, okay, but he was like, sure, oh, we got pregnant, okay. And, it, and oftentimes pregnancy is great and everything is fine. Um, 
but you start to notice if that partner was not in, mm. like locked in yeah. and willing, yeah. they start to check out like yeah. day one of baby being yeah. there. And it is devastating to see. And it's really hard. It's hard because the, you know, a lot of the responsibility does fall on the mum because of kind of breastfeeding and stuff like that. Then it does make it more difficult and it can be, and it's hard for fathers to then feel like they don't know their place Absolutely. and where they fit in and where they connect, you know. So it is just, it's not something to be taken lightly is what I would say. But equally, I totally understand where this person's coming from. If you've got such a desperate desire to have a baby, it really is. It takes over your whole body and it's like, you know, it's like something that's inside and, it's, and it grows and it gets bigger and bigger. And all you can think about is having this baby. Yeah. It took me a long time to get pregnant the first time. And actually the second time, not as long, but, um, and it's just awful. It's such a desperate feeling to just think oh, I just want this baby that's what I want yeah so I totally get it I get where this person's coming from yeah and and to that I say you deserve to be either by yourself in a community of other people who will support you yeah. who, who at least won't drag you back or be an extra mm. weight or you deserve to be with somebody who's a hell yeah and wants this as bad as you do well mm. as bad as you do and everybody will have that sort of need or desire in a different way yeah. but you deserve to be partnered by a supporting community yeah. you do not deserve to be with somebody who's just dead weight on this issue yeah and so when you neglect to watch your partner's behavior don't listen to their words look at their behavior and if they're dragging mm. their feet they don't want it and you don't yeah. deserve that because you yeah. deserve somebody who's all in for the hard yeah. times and it, it's an honest conversation isn't it that just says look I, I'm really getting the feeling that you're not in this that you don't really truly want this Um, be straight with me like where are you at because if we can give permission to the other person to be honest with us we're more likely to get get at least some information back might not be what we want here in that mm -hmm. moment but you want you want honest facts you want to know what you're dealing with yeah. not kind of some speculation of well yeah. You know, I think he wants a baby, haven't got a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Keep saying that he does and then, you know, we're yeah. still here. Although, so in some cases, being really honest and inviting somebody to be honest will get you an answer that is informative. It might be mm. like, yeah, you know what? I'm actually not feeling ready right now. But there are plenty of times where that partner will be like, no, I want a kid. Sometimes you have to look at their actions and oh, act based yeah. on their actions. Even if they're like, yeah, I want it. Sometimes you have to cut them loose if, yeah, you say that you want it, but you're not acting like yeah. a co-pilot. So I'm afraid this is where we're going to part ways. And is it legitimate to part ways on the basis of whether or not you want kids going in? Absolutely. And the mm. most heartbreaking thing is sometimes we're just at the train station at, at the wrong time. Yeah. And there's a big thing, yeah. you, you know, like in conventional like you know what he wanted a baby he just didn't want it with me and that mm. you know you hear that heartbreaking refrain yeah. it happens a lot and especially because we reach like reproductive maturation at much different you know uh, people uh, with uteruses uh, need to make decisions about their reproductive yeah. future a heck of a lot earlier whereas folks with penises can generally be like cavorting around and maybe they might decide to start a family in their late 40s to 50s and that's absolutely yeah you know, fine. So I mean, nature's pretty cruel at times. <laughs> it is very cruel. 
I, I've seen folks who will be married and they will go through their own sort of reckoning as to whether they want to have children or not. And if they mm. arrive at one person does, one person doesn't, that will be a, a compassionate parting of ways. Yeah. And it's dreadful to leave somebody that you love because mm. you both want something fundamentally different. It's dreadful. It's the worst thing in the world to divorce somebody or to leave somebody who you actually love, but you're just at the train station at the wrong time. But they're the types of fundamental differences that are going to eat away at you. Yeah. And eventually we'll just end up in a really, really resentful relationship. 150%. It is so much more compassionate to go through the grief of letting each other go mm. than tying each other down to this uh, destiny yeah. Uh, that, that you don't equally feel. Mm. Yeah. And then committing children to that same destiny. Well, yeah. Yeah. The fire, feel, the fire, fire brigade is like, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and to be honest, I'm, I'm working with a lot of folks who are in this really, really heartbreaking position, mm. but the, with the folks that I work with, they look at this with their eyes wide open and they ask the questions before having any illusion that a baby is going to fix their relationship yeah yeah all right okay <laughs> happy before we start this question i know i know but you know what <laughs> this is this is heartbreaking like there's no other way around it it is it just well yeah. i you know I, th I think it is worth saying though that there is hope there is hope to be able to have conversation mm -hmm. work it out and still be able to reach a position that you're both comfortable with yeah we don't know yeah. how much work this couple have done we don't know what conversations that they've had I'm guessing that they haven't really had any yeah. um so you know a good honest chat actually just about kind of where you're at because often it's that we find out that the the other person fears something that isn't hmm. going to be reality or you know is something that we can we're able to deal with or mm -hmm. sort out or find a rational explanation for so it's not always about um you know it's not always about we're on different pages and there's no coming together it's so true yeah let's end with some hope yeah no you're right and and a lot of folks have money blocks where yeah. it like just like starting a business right yeah, you're you're often wealthier than you think. And if we can build a financial runway, you'll be able to actually achieve yeah. these dreams, having a child, starting a business, yeah. quitting that full time job and shedding the, the golden handcuffs. There's a lot out there that's possible. So you're right. If we look at some of the fears, mm. if somebody is ready, but they're just really scared by and they're blocked. Yeah, that's where as coaches, that's that's where we excel is looking at internal blocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There is hope. Yeah. Let's bring it back. I'm back to smiling. Spring back. Spring back and fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. So, yeah. Well, we made it. Next time we're going to be about nearing Halloween and I'll be like, what? But, but where did July go? <laughs> bring back summer. I want my hot girl summer dresses. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Now it's just hey, going to be... listen, if yeah. this is what we're feeling now, heaven help us by the time we get into the depths of it in January, Honestly, February. January? Like, forget about it. For I'll, yeah. be, I'll be gone for. <laughs> Absolutely gone for. Oh. We're going to have to have like some pretty lighthearted topics out then when I'm in the yeah. depths of the Toronto winter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> or we'll just start recording in the nighttime and just, you know, have boozy hour and, uh, you know, chit chats oh, over brandy yeah i'm on for that right yeah yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that cheered me up. <laughs> we're, we were going to do like the night hour, right? We were going to do like the... Yes, I haven't the, done that, have we? The dark midnight hour I think, podcast. Yeah, sometimes some of the best podcasts we record are actually when we've mixed it up a bit and we're not on the same schedule. And do I you remember yeah. when you were like dreadfully sick? Yes. You, that was a great, uh, like you were almost delirious. It was so I fantastic. Know. It brought out your best. Because <laughs> you get really philosophical and it, it removes certain filters. We just needed to be really ill, Sarah. I know. <laughs> I come down with something between now and next Monday. I'm totally blaming you, Dr. Anna. <laughs> or or get on the line and let's do a like a an, an interim podcast. Okay. Yeah. All right. I shall bear that in mind and I'll keep yeah. you posted on my health issues. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> Just be licking a bunch of subway poles now. Oh. Yeah. How often can I get COVID? Yeah. I just had it. Look, I can't have it again. I know. That would just be cruel. Yeah. It would be very cruel. Oh, okay. Well, my dear. All right. Well, back on it. Absolutely. Okay. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.